being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. And it is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Dennis Brewster, Jeff Kitty, and I need to mention, I just did this at the top of the hour because I was not paying attention to the calendar, I guess, prior to just now. Next week is Labor Day, the 4th, which will be off because of the Labor Day weekend. And then the following weekend, which is September 11th, we will actually be on remote. We've got a car show we'll be at. It's at the American Legion up in uh, Old Wadsworth, 9959 Old Wadsworth, up in the Arvada area. So 9959 Old Wadsworth will be there on September 11th at the American Legion. It'll be a great day. We were there a couple of years ago. It was a fun car show, tons and tons of cars, and it's a very laid-back event. And if you've got a car you want to enter, you can actually find out about that as well. Just send me an email, and I can give you all the details on that as well. Louie, my pinstriper, is kind of the guy in charge of this on my behalf so if you guys want to come out and say hi to us when we're up that way so this will be up in the north end of town and then the following weekend we'll be at the sons of italy over in wheat ridge for their big car show on september the 18th so two weekends in a row we'll be out on remote and i think because it was so cold in here at the top of the hour it made me realize we're not going to be here for three weeks in a row which would be nice. We went up to freeze on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, Give right. you time to thaw out. Well, yeah, exactly. I'll <laughs> thaw out by then. So, All right, I got a couple lines open. 303-477-5600. Bill in Inglewood, you're next. Hello, Bill. About auto shows. What is your opinion about the Denver auto shows going to be? Supposed to be the 14th of, of what, September. Eden Gardens or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. supposed to be September 14th. Uh, you know, that's a press event for me. And I haven't heard anything about whether that's going on or not what i will tell you is at the last press event i was at uh, not this last thursday but the thursday before this past uh, there are going to be some manufacturers that will not be there because they're making them hold that car show or that denver auto show outdoors which means all those manufacturers have to rent big tents it's very expensive and a lot of them frankly bill just aren't going to show up because of what i just said yeah, you got to worry about the weather, too, a little bit. Right. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of having it outdoors. I'd rather have it indoors. I don't know why they're not me. doing it. I, I have not asked as to why it's not at the convention center. Huh. Okay. Well, I want to give you some good caduce because this happened several months ago, my problem, and I finally got it resolved. Number one, I was the one that had that Ford Fusion that the, uh, had a blowout on the tire and, had, and I brought oh, yeah. new tires yes. and wheels at Discount Auto. And they put those auto-centric plastic things on because it was a vibration in the front. Right. And you said, well, you know, try it out and blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, I just, I still had the vibration. And uh, discount tire was good. They made it good. They took it, the new wheels back, gave me my full dollar amount back, and I bought another Ford rim and put it on there. So I got the factory rims back on. 
and uh, they paid me back 100% of my the brand-new wheels that they sold me, and I had them for about two months, but it could never get rid of the vibration. And? Did it fix and it? And the second thing is something you recommended. The same car, I had a problem with the electronic brake control. If you recall, at 26,000 miles, I took it in to get... Uh, a factory recall, and um, they said the rear brakes were out. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird, 26,000 miles. Put them on. 3,000 miles later, the electronic brake locked up on the car, and I had to tow it into Ford. And they said, well, you know, that was going to cost some money, plus your rear brakes are bad. And I said, I only got 3,000 miles on them. How could they be bad? Well, they didn't want to help me out. And you suggested you just fight it with Ford, just keep climbing the ladder. Mm-hmm. It was about an $800 job, and I'll be honest with you, I you know, wrote letters, talked to people, took several months, and uh, out of the $800, they wound up giving me about 650 bucks. so I'm happy. Okay, we'll take I that. I, I did pretty good. Yeah, and, we'll take that. on your recommendation that, you know, keep fighting, climb the ladder. Nice, yep. nice. Okay, so did we get the vibration on it yeah. fixed with the new wheels? No, I took the wheels back to Discount Tire. They bought the wheels back. I just bought another Ford original wheel because I had the three remaining ones. Right. Put the originals back on and Discount Tire. You know, I bought new tires from them. I kept the tires, but they took the brand new wheels that I bought from them, and they bought them back and gave me 100%. Yeah, but, but did the wheels we put back on it fix the vibration is my question. Absolutely, absolutely, because okay. those were the original wheels. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. It was those auto-centric little plastic things with the new wheels. Char- Charlie I, wants to know, you know, like the old commercial with the old lady throwing it through the front window. Is that what you did with those <laughs> wheels there, Bill? <laughs> yeah, but I, I did your approach. Just talk to him honestly. Good, Just good, pr- good. I'm glad we fixed it. I had the vibration. Yes. It would never go back. There we go. check the front end, the whole bit, and they just vibrated. Nice. And, uh, there you go. They yeah. took them back. Nice. Okay, that's good news. Bill, I'm glad that worked out. I appreciate that, sir. Thanks. Thanks for giving us an update. I appreciate that. I'm glad we can help folks along those lines as well. And, uh, you know, kudos to, you know what? I'll give kudos where kudos are due. Kudos yeah. to Discount Tire for taking care of that. I'll, I'll, I'll tell them that. So, uh, Kara is next. Kara, welcome. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Thanks. I'm, I'm, I have a question um, about a... 2005 RX 330 Lexus SUV. Um, I'm the original owner on that car, and a couple years ago, I decided to to just take care of everything that I thought it might need and just drive it until, you know, its wheels fell off. And I had a few things that were not very major done to it, Um, and after that work was done, the battery won't hold a charge. And I suspect... I want to ask you if you agree, and if so, who could I trust to fix it? Um, I had to have the tumbler, the ignition tumbler replaced at that time because the key was sticking in the ignition, okay. not keyless. And then uh, when they had to replace that, they had to reprogram the, the master keys with, you know, the little button that you push to unlock the doors. For the anti-theft, yes. Yes. Yeah, and, that, you know, I, I think that the battery is getting drained somehow because of that from what some things I've read. I don't know. Do you guys have any ideas? Because it's a brand-new battery. And, and, it, and, all, and, again, like we were doing with the, the diesel earlier, uh, all of this started after, you know, so the battery going dead started after this ignition lock was replaced? 
That's correct. The okay. car had 181,000 miles on it at that point and had never had any problems whatsoever. And just like we talked about with our last caller on the diesel, you're in the same boat. We've got to go back to that original repair and find out what's going on there and why is the battery going dead. Now, there's a draw on it someplace that's pulling the battery down. It's a matter of what's causing those are, that. Those are usually easy to find. It just takes a little bit of time, and you just need to find out what the draw is from. You just, we just... We My actually, gut feeling is something's not shutting off. That's right. And it could be a sensor. It could be a module still energized. It could be the security mm-hmm. systems clicking something. Who knows? Is it consistent in the fact that it draws down, Kara? Yes. You, okay. you, can't, you can't turn it on again if you turn it off. It's that quick. Wow. That is Wow, fast. that's a big draw. Yeah, they've, that's, some, they, something's not right. They can find that fairly easy. And... I had the car. Re- I had the car serviced in Wyoming, and I didn't take it back to that because I wasn't driving it. I thought I would sell it, and okay. we have different residences, so it you know it was sitting a long time, and so there wasn't a good continuity of handling all this and real- realizing what was going on. Now it's in Colorado. I don't really want to jump it to drive it back to Wyoming to the original because they are not. It's not under warranty for the service they did. But if I take it, like, to the Lexus dealership in Firestone or if I have some other mechanic work on it, can I be confident that they'll be able to find it without charging me a huge amount of money and then having it just be a perpetual problem? Well, first things first, they've got to get it diagnosed and find out exactly what has caused it. And and what I would do is make sure we get you to a reputable repair center, you know, and even the dealer up there would be in that line as well, given this situation. And the reason why I'm saying that is, and especially, and I typically wouldn't say this when it comes to the dealer side of the fence, but in this particular case, you would have a lot more bargaining power on even going back to the other provider that did this. I don't care if it was two years ago. Fact of the matter is, you can look at the mileage on the vehicle, see how long you've had it, and so on. You should Mm -hmm. be able to go back on the place that did the last repair and get reimbursed for getting this vehicle fixed because it wasn't done correctly the last time. Oh, okay. In that case, I'm not saying that we're going to just spend all the money we can to get it fixed this time. We We still need to be prudent and so on, but we do need to get to the bottom of what's going on and then ask, how are they going to handle it? Uh-huh. And you would trust them to, as long as I can negotiate with them about treating me fairly on what they charged before and making sure that they stand behind their work. This is not something that you think is so difficult that they couldn't fix no. it. No, no, this should not. Not, so, not on that year. So let me make this clear. that you You took it into a shop for this battery problem, and they replaced the battery, right? No, I took it into the Toyota dealership to do some basic things like, you know, change oil oil filters and air filters mm-hmm. and do a complete, you know, overhaul, just a and diagnostic. Yeah. And that was in that Wyoming, right, Kara? And it was in Wyoming, okay. and they charged $4,000 okay. to do all this. Yeah, and, and given the fact that that's, in real yeah. quick, given the fact you went to that dealership up there, yes, I would go to the Firestone dealership at Lexus down there. Take them your existing paperwork that you had at that time done, so that last repair done. Take that in with you. Explain to them everything you just explained to us. Get it fixed, Mm -hmm. and then we need to go back to the other dealership for reimbursement. There you go. That would make sense. Okay, and and that's very doable. Yes. 
Okay. Okay. Great. All right. I really appreciate your advice. And real quick, Kara, if you have any issues, legally speaking, Kevin Flesh, who's one of our great sponsors, this is right up his alley. He'd be more than willing to step in and help you with this. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You betcha, Kara. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Jeff in Montana, hang tight. Gil in Denver also got a transmission question for Jeff. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Your vehicle's air conditioner should not put out a musty, mildew-like smell. Cabin filter contaminants can cause allergies and compromise airflow volume. Now is the time to take advantage of Geno's Auto Services Cabin Filter Special. For $189, Geno's will replace your cabin filter, clean the evaporator box, and restore efficiency and clean air in your vehicle. Geno's BG Evaporator Cleaning injects foam into your vehicle's evaporator box, which removes mold, pollen, mildew, dust, and bacteria. Since 1983, the team at Geno's has been serving customers all along the front range. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. They're AAA-approved, winner of the Napa Gold Certified Auto Award, and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Check out their excellent Google reviews. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Some skills you only develop through practice. In October of this year, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law celebrates 25 years defending both civil and criminal cases. He has earned the tagline, Trial Tested, Trial Ready. In civil cases, such as personal injury, your attorney has the burden of proof to persuade a jury that you deserve a certain sum of money in return for your pain and suffering. However, because only a small percentage of personal injury cases go to trial, most personal injury attorneys do not spend much time in the courtroom over the course of their careers. Kevin Flesh stands apart from the rest because he represents both criminal and civil cases. After an estimated couple hundred jury trials, Kevin has learned how a jury reacts to evidence. He knows how to gauge how much money a jury will likely award in your case. Trial tested, trial ready for 25 years. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Call now for a free consultation. 303-806-8886. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Gil in Denver, you've been holding the longest. Go ahead. What's going on, sir? Oh, hello. Hi. Yeah, I had a question for Larry. Okay. Uh, for Jeff. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, Jeff. that's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, transmission, Forerunner. 2010. I've gone to different shops to try to get get a service for it. And <laughs> some recommend WS. Uh, some recommend have another alternative. What, what do you suggest? 
put what the factory put in it. Okay, that's WS. Factory WS. fill. Factory fill, okay. Yep. All right. Uh, and let's see here. The other question well, was, uh, what shops do you recommend now, since you're not, not, not in the... Where are you at? We're in East Denver. Ken Rackley. Yeah. He can do it. Tune yeah. Tech. Okay. But can they also rebuild a, a transmission? No. Yeah. No. We don't, we don't have anybody in our group now after Jeff uh, retired. We don't have anybody in the group that does actual rebuilds. We've got... Uh, folks in the group that will do a Jasper remanufactured transmission. Nobody that I know of is doing rebuilds uh, in our group. And frankly, very few shops today, and Jeff can attest to this, are doing rebuilds, period. I, uh, if uh, Larry will get your number, uh, okay. I can do some checking for you and give you a call back and see who's doing it. Okay. There, so, there's okay. some shops that are doing it, but there's some that are better than others okay i'd like to get the best shop but just to, just in case but yep. uh, so is it better to, to do the jasper or just rebuild what you have i'm not sure that jasper does that unit what, what uh, is it again sorry it's, it's a, a 2010 forerunner 2010 forerunner he should yeah it's just an asin they should i don't know i'd have to look it up but it's worth an. It's worth. Here's the thing, Gil. If, if they do, yes, use theirs. Yes, because your your nationwide warranty, hundred thousand yeah. miles, and so on with Jasper is far better than you'll get with any rebuilder. Any rebuilder. Yes. Okay, I, I do like your shop membership because of the thirty six thousand mile warranty in that. Yeah, and on a Jasper, it's even better than that because it's a hundred thousand mile coast to coast. Anybody that does Jasper yeah. engines yeah. and transmissions can handle it. Okay, I'll hold on for Larry. He can give me. I'll give him his phone number so you. Okay, let me let me back. put you back on hold there, Gil, and we'll see what we can't do for you, real quick. Larry, I put him back on hold for you. Jeff in Western Montana, what's going on, sir? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, after a summer of twenty one hundred fires here in the state, it looks like we've got enough rain to kind of damp most of that down. So. Nice, good. I'm not sure about the smoke from Oregon, Washington, and uh, California, and Idaho, but they're still struggling, well, so. aren't they? Yeah. So my prayers are with you, man, with all that smoke you guys are, I guess, supposed to get, huh? Yeah, we've got some. It's light today. It's supposed to increase, though, over the weekend, so, you know, hard to say. We'll be all right. Yeah. We'll deal with it. We'll be fine. As ever. It's, you know, um, not the first time it's about, happened. No, no. It's the first rodeo, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, my 2007 uh, Sport Track. Yes. Uh I had some issues with the transmission. I think it's a transmission. It, at uh, higher or middle speeds, 40 to 50 in sixth gear, low RPM, um, when I would get gently go on the gas, you can kind of feel it like stumble a little bit, almost like a mist, but more like maybe even a U-joint kind of going. And I've had issues with this drivetrain for two years now. I've had the drive shaft replaced twice. I've had the rear diff rebuild. I've had both rear bearings replaced. Um, and so uh, I thought it was good, and then this started happening. I, I just took it in to get the fluid changed because it was about a, it's supposed to be 200,000 miles on the fluid. It was about 108. And I said, just change it and see what that does. Um, so it's still there, and I'm just wondering what that could be. You know, you might not, you might be looking up the wrong tree because it could be an engine problem. It could be 
spark plug breaking down. Could be um, an injector messing up. It could be a couple of things like that because you're under load when you're talking. Even though you're on a light, you're probably on a lighter throttle, but you're 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 already in what gear when you're doing that. It's like seventy six gear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what, so it could, I, I've noticed it even as low as four. I've taken it out of overdrive. I've noticed it on four, but it's not as noticeable in four. So, what year was that? Oh seven. Two thousand seven. Uh, when it just just to clarify what it is, when you're going down the road and it starts doing it, just very lightly tap the brake pedal. Don't apply the brakes. Just enough to turn on the lights. And see if it goes away. Okay, well, it goes away as soon as I come off the throttle. Right, it would. Yeah. It would, but what Jeff's trying to do is we're trying to take out the torque converter lockup. I'm trying to get rid of the uh, torque converter lockup to see if you've got an engine mess. Or a training oh, problem. So keep it under load, but then just tap the brake. Yeah. But just, you just all just, you do is push your foot on the brake just enough to turn the light on in the back. Yeah. The, your right, tail light's right, on. Right. And it'll pull the torque converter clutch off. And then that way, if it goes away when you do that, chances are it's an engine issue, not a transmission or yeah, you got to separate that. Yeah. you got to find out which one is it. Okay. Yeah, well, it's kind of confusing because I thought to myself it could be either, but um, I'm a little gun-shy. I've given the past two years. So. Sure. Sure. Well, Even okay, though that's happening, just, that. just be careful because you don't want to start going down the transmission road with people because then they might think it is too. You have to probably do the best of trying to separate what is it. Is it in my engine or is my transmission acting up? And this is one good way to do it, like he's talking about. Yeah. Okay, so if it's the engine, then that's probably either one of two things, the uh, the coil unplug or the plugs themselves, right? Or, well, yeah, or it could be an injector acting up. It could be a couple of different things. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I would need somebody here to do some troubleshooting on that side of it, and or maybe yeah. try myself a little bit. But okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a side question. I appreciate that, guys. A side question based on something you guys said earlier. I kind of inherited a 1992 uh, jet ski from my mom, and the jet ski itself, I'm not even worried about. But the thing is, is that it has this gel around it called a shuttlecraft, and it's really a cool thing with take the jet ski out you can haul about five people and drop them off in the middle of the lake and yeah. then go out and jet ski and then oh, cool. hook it back up and come back into town uh-huh. um so my thought was well let's fix the jet ski up and uh and and then you know it would be pretty cool but uh i'm already over 100 bucks into this and it's just i mean it's 30 years old and i'm just wondering is it worthwhile doing that at all or would you recommend just going to a later model jet ski maybe a four cylinder or four cycle and something that just fits the, the shuttlecraft. Or. Yeah, and I'm not really, you know, to me, it's it's a personal preference on yes. whether you run a four-stroke or a two-stroke because, you know, the newer two-strokes work really well also. So that's really more of a personal preference. I will say that when you're working on those types of craft, a 92 is getting old, really old. I mean, it's old on the yeah. car world. It's even yeah. older in that world, Jeff. The advancements yeah. they've made – in that world, even 15 years new or getting up to the mid-2000s is much better than that one. Yeah, and the problem you're going to run into is finding the information on it or finding parts for it. Just the durability factor in yeah. those years isn't as good as it is even yeah, 15 years true. newer. And yeah. today, now, 30 years newer, it's way different. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's been sitting for about ten years. And I mean, the, I don't think I don't. I mean, if if you could give that away to somebody, not even have to pay to haul it off, and and or get a hundred bucks back out of it to get your money back and move to something else, yes, I would. That's exactly what I was thinking. So. Okay, cool. All right, and uh, and a favorite car or, or least favorite car name? It's not really uh, least favorite, but it, it, it kind of tweaked my interest in the way that. Folks name cars and they don't really know what they what they're doing on the international market. And you've probably heard this before, but when Chevy was marketing the Nova in uh, South America, their sales were really poor, and they didn't know why. They couldn't figure it out until somebody who spoke Spanish told them that Nova in Spanish means won't go. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You'd think they'd have done a little research on that one, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, so it's like. Uh, you, why would you sell it to buy a car that won't go? There you go. <laughs> Good one. That's funny, Jeff. That's funny. Uh, Good one. Stay uh, ahead of the smoke, guys. All right, we'll okay. do it. Take care, Jeff. Uh, all right, Mark in the Springs, you've got another uh, transmission question for Jeff as well. Hang tight. Russ and Cheyenne on car names. I'll give you another car name that I own this car, and I will tell you that it's the biggest reason Chevrolet didn't sell more of them. And, you know, I own a, a 2017 Chevy SS. You all know that. You've heard me talk about it numerous times. Still have that car. Uh, bought it brand new and, and and bought it because of what the car is. It's a, you know, full four-door sedan with the five, uh, you know, with the, sorry, the 6.2 Corvette motor and, you know, six-speed manual transmission. I mean, it's a little, you know, rocket, and most people don't know what it is. But the reason most people don't know what it is is because even when they ask you, what is that car? And you say it's an SS. And they say, huh? is that like a Nova SS or a Camaro <laughs> SS or a what? I mean, because SS in Chevy has always been an Super add-on. Or it's been a model yeah. of a, you know, it's sorry, I'm not saying it right. It's a trim package yeah. of a particular model usually. Right. Chevelle right. SS, Camaro SS, and so on. So them naming it just the SS was stupid on their part, and it's the reason why they didn't sell very many of them. Fortunately for guys like me that own one, that's boated well because I can sell that car today for far more money than I paid for it, and that doesn't happen very often. Right. So, But that's another example of naming something a name nobody understands, much to what uh, Jeff was just talking about a moment ago. We'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Uh, lines are full. As soon as somebody drops off, call us. We'll get you right on air. You can text us, 307-200-8222. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Kins and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to talk about brakes, specifically the brake rotors and the burning question of the day, can I turn my rotors? In the good old days, worn brake rotors could often be resurfaced or turned if the brake pads had worn on them unevenly or too far into the rotor itself. But today, in order to save cost and weight and friction, most rotors are now manufactured with less material available to resurface in the event that the rotors become unevenly worn. This is not to suggest that rotors on new cars can never be resurfaced but most commonly, by the time a new modern rotor is worn, it will need to be replaced. It is also critical that whenever pads or rotors are replaced, the entire hydraulic brake system be inspected for proper operation. We recommend a complete brake fluid exchange anytime new pads or rotors are installed. This will ensure proper operation of the brake system and help prevent costly repairs in the future. 
Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. Novus means innovate. And as the original inventor of windshield repair, Novus Autoglass continues to stay on the cutting edge of glass repair and replacement. Any vehicle with lane departure technology needs to be recalibrated after a windshield replacement because of the cameras and sensors mounted to your windshield. All of those sensors need to be carefully realigned so your vehicle provides accurate positioning information. And each vehicle manufacturer is different. Most autoglass facilities, even the big names, do not have the right tools and equipment to calibrate your windshield. They can only replace the glass, not recalibrate the sensors. Because Novus Autoglass constantly upgrades to keep pace with the changing industry, the majority of their locations now offer calibrations. Get your windshield replaced and the sensors recalibrated with the inventor of windshield repair. Find Novus Autoglass now at klzradio.com forward slash glass. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. You trust the technician who lets you decide. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will give you at least three options every time. You call an HVAC company because you want qualified advice, not a sales pitch. You don't know enough about air conditioning to fix or install a unit yourself, of course not. So you hire a professional to explain the situation more clearly. Then you decide between good, better, and best based on your budget. A temporary fix will buy you some time for now. A long-term solution will save you more money in the end. Only you can decide what makes the most sense for you right now. So the techs at Absolute Electrical Heating and Air promise to stay in their lane. They will always give you at least three alternatives, along with financing options, to make your home more comfortable on your timeline. Schedule an estimate now at AbsoluteFix.com and get only what you ask for. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. This is Greg Bloom with Barber's Foods. Hey, one of the questions I get asked most often is, Greg, how do I get a restaurant-quality steak at home? Now, I do wish, sincerely, that each of you would buy your steaks from Barber's Foods at barbersfoods.com as we do sell some great quality Colorado-raised Angus steaks. But if you're going to shop at a retail store, to start with, never buy your steaks from the full-service meat counter because for a steak to be worth eating, it needs to be wet-aged or dry-aged for at least 14 to 21 days, just like they do at a restaurant. Now, steaks cut and displayed in a full-service meat case, they're not aged. And that's because retailers need shelf life. So they've been removed from their vacuum-sealed package and put out there for display. 
to know how to find a great restaurant quality steak anywhere you go at any retail store, go to barbersfoods.com and click on the videos tab to see a short video I made for you of what to look for when you buy steaks. Again, it's barbersfoods.com. All right, we're back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it very much. Uh, as soon as somebody drops off calls, we'll get you right on air, 303-477-5600. Mark in Colorado Springs, you're next. Hey, how are you? Good, sir. Good. Good. I got uh, a 2010 Dodge three-quarter ton, uh, okay. four-wheel drive. We go you know, up and over camping a lot. And then the tranny gets like 230, 235 pulling the, the big fifth wheel. So I don't know when when is too hot, too hot. You're close. Yeah, you're, real, you're real close. Newer fluids are a little bit better at handling some of that temperature. Um, on the Dodges, on that one, I believe there's a there's a, a transmission fluid bypass. And I believe it's over on the right-hand side of the radiator. If you look at yeah. that, that thing could be partially blocked. They had a lot of issues okay. with that. Have you ever had any transmission work done on that? No, it's still the stock, you know, still same old, same old. Uh, it's just stock as ever. But, that man, I, I, like I said, when it gets 230, 235, now I, I start sweating bullets and it, of course, we're like going up the pass, and you can't stop. So, yeah. you know, what do you do? Well, if if you've got that valve in there, what we did when, when I had the shop, we take and make that valve so it w- wouldn't bypass. It takes the transmission longer to warm up in the wintertime, but it uh, by far helps the cooling. It'll It'll help the cooling by about 10 degrees. If you've got would that, that. Be something, would that be something I should look into, like an, uh, uh, you know, a bigger tranny cooler for like out front with the radiators and all that up front? You probably shouldn't have to, but if that valve is acting up, that'll cause you to heat gotcha. because it's bypass, okay. it's bypassing fluid from going through the cooler. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. I, I was just, like I said, I, I'm getting kind of a little nervous. No, you're, you're, I, I, great question, Mark. No, you're right on target. You're, you're doing what you should be. That would be the first thing I would check. And then get okay, the tranny right fluid on. changed. Thanks. Yep. Definitely get the okay. tranny fluid changed. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Those of you, those of you, those of you guys that are hauling, like Mark just talked about, I would tell you to do that every year. Yeah. Just or do it annually. It depends how often you go up. Yeah, you know, like if you're doing a lot, you know, maybe yeah. twice a year. But if you're doing, you know, normal camping and running through the summer and so on, yeah, I would be changing that on an annual basis. Yes. Which, Especially by the way, is going to be higher than what the factory tells you to do. If you're getting it that hot, you definitely need for sure. To. Yeah, yeah. Th- there was a chart I had at one time, and it was from General Motors when mm-hmm. I was working at the dealer, and it, it talked about once you got over the temperature of 220, yeah. how fast transmission fluid Break breaks down. down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Russ and Cheyenne, you're next, sir. Hey. Stupid car names? Yeah, let's hear it. Smart car. <laughs> yeah, it's not very smart, is it? It is not. It is not. A, yeah. But, you know, you're, you're talking about the ESs and the OSs and whatevers. Um, there are a few, if they're done correctly, work out okay. Like a 350Z. True. 
or a DB, DB9. Um, I don't know if that's just because of the mystique they're hooked to or could be or what. I mean, another one, and even much as I, I mean, I love Ferraris. You know, they make one of the some of the nicest looking and and probably performing cars in the world. And yes, I mean that. And I know some folks out there are going to be mad that you know love Lamborghini or whatever. But you know, Ferrari does make one of the most beautiful cars out there. Even their stupid nomenclatures, their names, suck. Yeah, <laughs> they just do. Three hundred eight super fast. I, so come on, really? Who's naming this stuff? Yeah. I mean, come on, really? It's not that con. You know, this is not I mean, that hard. It doesn't sound like, you know, Superbird or Raptor or Demon, you know. Uh, you you uh, know what? you so. got to hand it to some of the names of some of those, yeah. you know, vehicles you just mentioned and the manufacturers behind them. Because they, they, you know, in those cases, yeah, they figured it out. They did well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I did have a question on my wife's Acadia. That's, an, that's another name. What is an Acadia, by the way? Is that a bug? What is yeah, an Acadia? It's a bug. Yeah. He's like, why do you call know, it an Why is it an Acadia? Thinking. Why didn't Volkswagen use that I mean, for the come bug? On. I mean, it's another one. So, yeah. And it's not like it's a hard I mean, name, but what does like it mean? Cicada. Yeah, they kind of look like a cicada. Anyways. But, um, so on the tranny, I've noticed between first and second that I get, a, I get an engine flare. Okay. At low RPM. You know, like you're just pulling off from a light easily. I get it. You know, the engine will flare up between first and second gear. Um, and I'm noticing now it's starting to happen more often. So the I engine. Know the so you think the, those you think the transmission slipping? And real quick, by the way, Acadia is a female name of French origin that means idyllic or an idyllic place. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, not what's happening with the transmission, though, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know what? That... Um, I know that the, the normal trouble with those things is second and third. Um, I'm just wondering if maybe I have a solenoid starting to give up, or or could it be a valve body you... sticking a little bit? I, I wonder if he could put an additive in to help it. Well, and there might be a flash on that okay. one. Cause what year mo- is it, Russ? Yeah, it's a 2015. I have the transmission oh. fluid flushed every thirty thousand miles. Yeah. Okay. There, there could be a flash update on that. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen. I, I still try to keep up on all that stuff, but I haven't seen anything on that particular issue. But it could have been a couple. But back. yeah. The other thing okay. too that I, if, and I'm going from memory. Jeff would have to tell me if I'm right, wrong, or otherwise. But the other thing I remember on those are. You know, is the torque converter locking in or out when it's not supposed to? And is that where some of that, you know, engine rev is coming from? And could that be an issue? Well, they they address some of that with the flash. Okay, there you go. Okay, there you that's are. why I'm thinking there okay. might be. Okay. Might be something like okay. that. Okay. So. All right. So the first thing is see if there's an update. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's just I, it never did it, and here about the last month, month and a half, it started doing it. And I just, if it's like a solenoid going bad, I want to catch it before it burns the tranny up because, you know, the tranny smells good. There's no, there's no darkness in the fluid. It, I mean, everything looks good. It's just I get that flare um, between first and second gear now. Yeah, normally that's a timing, so, a timing on the shift issue, and they're used. They do use the solenoids to control shift timing because they're pulse width modulated on that. Uh, but, right. uh, I've heard this, but if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a, 
there's a uh, uh, update on the programming. Okay. All right. Um, I guess I'll. Who do you guys have that's even close to me nowadays? No one. Yeah. Nobody yeah. in Cheyenne. None. Zilch. Not until you get down to Boulder. I wish I had somebody, well, but no one. Yeah. Okay. I like to support you guys whenever I can. I, I appreciate know you had the that. Shop no. in Fort Collins. I would go down there, but um, the shop that, that you sold burned me good right after you sold them. So sorry. I will definitely not be going back to them. Yeah, I, as you know, um, don't have any control over that. Right. Which yeah, I did. No, no, I, I totally am. <laughs> so okay, I just want to get this issue. You know, I want to make sure I don't kill the training. Okay. Sure. No, yeah. I get it. I've, you know. I don't want to go spend four grand on something I don't get a look at. I, no, I hear you. So, okay, guys. Thank Russ, you thanks uh-huh. as always. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. We, I know we're running tight on time, but uh, Brian, you've been holding a while. Let's get you in before the break. Go ahead, Brian. Hello. How you doing, yep. Brian? Oh, great. Thanks for taking my call. I am desperate need of uh, somebody could tell me where I can find uh, somebody can maybe reproduce a sliding glass window for a Chevy, uh, 1967 Chevy P- P10 uh, step van. It's actually called a Venture Wagon. Uh, that's the driver's side passenger. Somebody can reproduce that. And as a matter of fact, I need the, all the windows replaced but eventually, but mm-hmm. I need that one. Uh, Do you think Novus? Be able to handle yeah, that. I, what I would do is is you know call probably in this case knowing what they do call Sterling Novus call uh, Kent and Judy up in Sterling and see what their suggestion is on that they they would be of all the the guys I know even throughout the Novus end of things either Troy up in Cheyenne or uh, Kent and Judy up in Sterling not because the other guys wouldn't know but it's just they work on more of that sort of thing than the guys down here in town do. That's Novus. Novus up in Sterling. In Sterling. And just find them on the website. Go to drive-radio.com. Look for Novus Sterling, and they'll be there. Okay. Do you have time for another? Sure. Go ahead. Question. It's about a, a safety uh, backup switch. Um, this mine is defunct. Um, this type was mounted on the uh, the transmission, and I've seen them on 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 uh, online. Uh, they're just I guess re, re, rehashed. They're about five hundred dollars. They were they used them on <clears throat> on Corvairs at one time, I believe, and I guess that that makes the price go up on them. But they're very rare, hard to find. I'm wondering how I could, uh, you know, not use that and maybe just use one of these uh, maybe uh, column uh, um, da- uh, column mounted you know, backup safety switches. You know what I'm talking about, right? Neutral. Neutral safety switch. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know Do, what transmissions in the because I, I don't know that vehicle though. that's mm-hmm. like a step van that P10 right am I thinking correctly yeah yeah, yeah. only this one this one I mean it's the same thing as the van it, it is the it's like a delivery van or a bread truck you know or something like right, that right right what do you know what transmissions in it by chance I, I believe it was a TH300 oh, turbo hydromatic 300 it yeah. should be a yeah you, you can change it over 400, to 400 I think or, or or either one of those if it's 350 or a 400 you should be able to do a different neutral safety switch for that yes I've tried uh, and the ones that I found on the market uh, you know this you know there there is a space on the column uh, existing you know where you can slide that in and bolt it on right 
but it seems to be the the run on it. You know, it, it seems that the ones that I found it like you know from AutoZone or something like that. There's many of them available. They're very cheap. But the run on it, if you know what I mean, it, it seems to be too, too short, so it it doesn't quite work. I mean, you really have to be, uh, you know, to you know bolt it on and, and lock it down in order to hit that the right, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, it, is that it, in it, fact a Corvair neutral safety switch, or do you know? Well, what I've read on the on, you know on the interweb there or the internet is that yeah, this is that's that's what that, that transmission was used. Often, and I believe in the Corvairs. I mean, I've read this a while back. Corvairs did not use that no. transmission at all. They, they were no, because oh, they were no. a rear engine, you know, air cooled, yeah. goofy, oh, maybe, stupid thing. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a real car guy, but maybe I'm a Corvette. You know, Corvette maybe, could be. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's what it is. And uh, yeah, well, I'm sorry. No, no you're fine. That. No, and again, that, that should not. I mean, a GM, if it has a GM column in it, which it, which it does, it, it uh-huh. will have. Getting a neutral safety switch for that to fit should not be a big issue. It seems like they're just too short. You know, if I, you know what I'm talking about? The run is just not, uh, you know, doesn't hit the right, you know, when you put it in park and uh-huh. neutral and so on and so forth. It just doesn't seem, I mean, I, I, I can I, I can bolt it down and then it'll, it'll, it'll work for, you know, uh, one, once or twice, but it just doesn't seem to... Uh, the ones I'm, I'm just wondering if there's longer ones. Or well, part of part of the issue could be the actuator that actuates that. Uh-huh. They had an issue with those fatiguing and cracking. Okay. And so it might be that that actuator is actually bad. Okay. And that's why it that's why it works the first couple times. Yeah. Uh, and then it go it basically the actuator goes out of adjustment because it's bending. Now, now, also, and because I, I just looked this up, Locar, which is a you know hot rod company, they make an aftermarket neutral safety switch for that if you want to go that route. Th- that goes on the yeah, I'm fine with going with that route. It goes but on the column. That, does it go on the column? Yes. Or, or on the transmission? No, it looks to me like this one goes on the column. Well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe it does go on the transmission. Because I found that I believe, and it, it just I don't know. There's something that uh, about it I believe that. Uh, that just didn't fit the bill. I don't know. Uh, what was that again? Low car, L-O-K-A-R. Okay. And, I, and again, I'm just looking at an image, so I, I, have, I would have to do more research on that to find out if that fits your application or not. But, I, again, this is a type of vehicle that getting a neutral safety switch even retrofitted to it should not be that difficult. No. We're, we're not, this is not rocket science on that year. I would, I would definitely check the actuator on it and see if it's bad. That's in the column, then. Well, it works off the shift column tube, right? Because okay. the tube turns. There, yeah, the tube turns, and it's if I remember right, it's like a little stamp steel uh, piece of metal that right. sticks up. Okay. And it it bolts. It either bolts or is spot welded to the tube. I think it. Well, I thought it bolted on, but again, Jeff could be right on that year. Okay. Okay. I mean, you got to I mean, realize I was like three years old when that thing was made. So you know we're yeah, well, we're gonna go back in time here. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's just a project, and it's just going. It's just making my hair fall out. Well, you know? And again, this should not be that difficult. Even if you retrofit something to it to where you know you can start it in park or neutral, should not be that big of a. And honestly, you could get to where you just start it in park. Even if you had that, it wouldn't make any difference. That would even work. Right. Okay. 
All right. Well, thank you very much. So that's no, uh, that's Novus. Novus Auto Glass in Sterling. In Sterling. Okay. Yep. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian Wayne and, and Greeley. Hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Hey, all right, real quick, Brian. Also, Jeff and I were looking at the low car switch during that break, and he and I both agree that as long as you're only looking for neutral safety or park safety in this case and not a backup light you know, issue here, yep. this low car kit would work for what you're trying to do very easily because what it does is once it goes into park, it just hits the plunger, makes a connection, you can start the vehicle. Once it comes out of park, it wouldn't start. Away we go, yep. done deal, easy. And it does bolt right to the pan of either a 350, 400, 700R4, Turbo Hydromatic 200, 204R, you get the drift. It will yep. fit most of those GM-type transmissions. Wayne and Greeley, what's going on, sir? Hi, John. Uh, Jeff's nice to hear you again. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you, for an old guy. Um, John, real quick, uh, I'm sorry to call so late. Uh, I have bought this 95 K1500 from my neighbor. Yes, yes, yes. Chevy. And it's got a 5.7 with a TBI in it. And he had it setting for some time, and I was having a problem with it running. Finally got the gas down, put in good gas, put in some good dryer. And I've got it running pretty good, and, and I, I drove it some now. But um, I got a burble in the thing right uh, right at part throttle. Uh, it runs good. If I kick it when it's doing this burbling around, right at part throttle it'll it'll run fine uh and it runs good at idle but just at just at, with a little bit of throttle it's got this loping burbling going on uh i 
I'm hope, hoping it's in the TBI somewhere where I could maybe rebuild that TBI. It's, it's typically on those. There were two things that would cause that injector itself is bad, you know, and you can see the injector. So take the cleaner off, get it running. You know, you can run the throttle even underneath. You know, when you get all that apart, you can actually run the throttle and actually watch the injectors. If they're dribbling at all, they they need fixed, and you, you know, they should yeah, have a nice replace. fan pattern to them. If they don't, and if it's dribbling, you got a problem. The other thing those were known for, Wayne, is the throttle body gasket underneath mm-hmm. would go bad and cause right. a similar issue as well. And there's a gasket kit you yeah, can buy. Very easy. Yeah, and it even has for around the O-rings of the injectors. Yes. Yep. Okay, so I'm, I imagine a good uh, overhaul on that. Can the person get, do you replace the injectors on that? Because I don't think you get them in the kits. You would want to replace the injectors, yeah. yes. Okay. Well, well, we'll see what happens with it then. I'm going to get into it. I, I rebuilt car, uh, quadrajets. I guess I can rebuild that TBI. Yeah, Napa has all those parts, too. Yeah, easy. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, I've been dealing with them up here. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, this turned out to be a good truck. Oh, yeah, you did fine on that one. You you, you got no issues there at all. You're good. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, help. Wayne. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it very much. Have a great week. And Luke and Frederick, I'll get your call in as much as I can. If we have to carry it over the top of the hour because we're getting to the top of the hour, Luke, I will. But let's get started at least. What's going on, sir? 2001 Dodge Ram with about 257,000 miles. Recently, it started stalling out on me coming home from work last two evenings in a row. Get about three to five miles down the road uh, north on I-25, and she stalls out. Let it sit five, ten minutes. It starts back up. My mechanic says it's probably not the fuel module because we did that 20,000 miles ago. Hmm. Is it? Can you tell if it's electric or if it's fuel-related at all? Can you tell? Does it just shut I don't off? Think it's, uh, <clears throat> the engine just shuts off. Just the engine. The dash lights, everything is still fine. And is it like immediate, or does it seem like it just sort of... Chugs to Yeah, stop? like it just loses power and then it stops. Or does it like... You, like if you just turn the key off, it stops. Is it like that? Yeah. Okay, then we probably have an electric electrical issue, not a fuel issue, which means you need to start looking at module. ignition module, yeah. things along those lines. Ignition module? Correct. Yes. Yep. I put an uh, MSD uh, high-voltage coil on it because I switched to the, uh, the diamond spark plugs, and um, I checked the connection, and it's fine. That doesn't mean anything. The, yeah, modules, the, itself, be, yeah. the modules can go bad, and especially with heat, and what you're describing is a is a prime culprit for the ignition module to be bad. Yes. Yep. So replace the ignition module? I would do that yeah, next it, before I did anything else. They're cheap. Yep. It's easy. Do that before you do anything else. And don't put an MSD on no, it. No, put a good solid Eklund unit from Napa on it, please. Yeah. Uh, so what's wrong with the MSD high voltage? Um, you're putting more stress on the module than than needed. Than needed, and yeah. not saying there's anything wrong with that, but these are some of the sometimes the repercussions of doing so. Luke, I got to run. I appreciate the call. If you want to call back and chat more, you're welcome to do so. Otherwise, we're going to move along. Hour number three is next. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com.
Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.